Om Sam Saraswati Namaha Namaste. Namaste, everyone. On page 56 of the Chandipat, we're going to begin the discussion of the armor of the goddess. Now, the door to the secret of the goddess is firmly shut. And in our tradition, the first thing we want to do, of course, remove the curses and understand what we're proposing to do and why we're going to do it. And then we want to put on a suit of armor uh, so that we are well protected. And then we'll open the orgola, the deadbolt lock, and we'll open the, the kilikam, which is the security pin, and then we are qualified to open the doors to the secret without any concern about what's going to happen to us because we know we are well protected, Ambika. We know we are well protected. So, da 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 om presenting. The armor of the respected she who tears apart thought the creative capacity is the seer understood 32 syllables to the verses, the meter, the slayer of passion and anger, Chanda, is the deity. Uh, and remember, she, she, she holds the two heads of passion and anger in her hands, and the goddess says, uh, she says to Chandi, I present to you passion and anger, and uh, uh, Chandi says, we're going to call you the slayer of passion and anger, Chamunda. And Chap means to move, and Munda means the head, or the... the paradigm of reality. She moves in the head or in the paradigm of reality because she's taken away the anger and the passion. And she is the deity. The establishment of the mother of unity in the body is the seed. So she, she establishes unity within our body or she establishes unity in the body. <laughs> Either way. Uh, that which binds the gods of all the directions, in every direction we unite with all the gods, is the principle for the satisfaction of the respected mother of the universe. <clears throat> this appendage of the 700 verses is applied in recitation. Om Namas Chandikayaki. Om we bow to the goddess who tears apart thought. And Mark and Dixon. Now we're ready to begin. Own grandfather, he's talking to Brahma. Mark, you know, because Brahma is everybody's grandpa. Hey, grandpa, tell me the supreme mystical secret, the one that is not well known, or it's extremely secret, it's hidden within. Uh, it, it's not well known. It's not, uh, there are no billboards along the highway proclaiming this supreme mystical secret, which affords all protection to all men and women and boys and girls and all neuter gender. And the creative capacity Brahma said, there is a mystical secret, O learned one, that is beneficial to all existence, the meritorious armor of the goddess. Listen to that, O man of great wisdom. First is the goddess of inspiration. And second 
is the goddess of sacred study. Third is the goddess of the delight of practice. And fourth, the goddess of purifying austerity is fourth. And we just uh, began posting a series, one a day, whether you need it or not, on each of these goddesses on our website, and you'll find a picture of the goddess of inspiration. And you'll also find a picture of she who moves with God or moves towards God, uh, Brahmacharini. She is the, the one who teaches us how to learn about God. She's the goddess of sacred study. And tomorrow we'll have the goddess of the delight of practice and the goddess of purifying austerities is fourth. Fifth is the goddess who nurtures divinity. And sixth is the one who is ever pure. Seventh is the goddess of the dark night of overcoming egotism. She comes up a lot. And the goddess of the great radiant light is eighth. So when you, you, you take this inspiration, you start studying. And you take your study and your knowledge and you put it to practice. And then as you cultivate your practice, you start getting good at it. You start to refine that practice till it becomes a sacred offering. And then you begin to cultivate and nurture divinity. And after that, you become completely pure. You're free from mistake and error. You don't even have to move your gaze. You don't. You look her right in the eye and say what's in your heart, and she knows your sincerity just by looking you in the eye. And when you say that, and then the the great night of overcoming the darkness of egotism of I and mine, and then you become one with the great radiant light. Now, this is our formula for success. Ninth is the goddess who grants perfection. The nine Durgas, the nine relievers of difficulties have been enumerated and these names have been revealed by the great soul of the Supreme Himself. Brahma Eva Mahatmana the great Atma, Maha Atma, Eva only, even only Brahma himself revealed these names. That these are the nine steps to perfection in every field we choose. We get an inspiration and we start to study and we take the knowledge and we start to practice and we refine the practice until we become good at it and then we lose all ego identification in whatever it is we're doing and then we become one with the great radiant light and ninth is a grantor of perfection and these, this is prakritic, it's natural, this is the natural evolution to perfection in every field. We choose whether we want to be a plumber, a banker, or an Indian chief. It's all the same. We do it by, this, by the numbers. Take the inspiration and cultivate the knowledge. Practice the knowledge and become good at it. And become so good at it that we lose our ego. 
We overcome the darkness of duality and become one with the great radiant light. And then comes the grant of perfection. If one is being burned by fire or in the midst of enemies on the field of battle, whenever thoughts are occupied with difficulties or any kind of fear, by taking refuge in the mother, no energetic opposition will conquer that individual, nor injury in the dangers of battle. I cannot foresee any sorrow, any pain, or fear to envelop such a person. They just become good at what they do. They, they have no problems, they only have solutions. <laughs> When she is remembered with devotion, all opposition ends and immediately prosperity begins. For those who remember her, the Supreme Goddess protects them without a doubt. Standing upon the corpse of inert consciousness is the slayer of passion and anger. That's Chamunda, the form of Kali, standing on Shiva's chest, who is absolute still. He's the witness of the dance of nature. She, who is the most excellent desire of union, sits upon the buffalo of perseverance, and also the buffalo, the breach of Sankalpa. Remember, you travel the roads of India, and there's a hierarchy. The first in the hierarchy are the, the, the gasoline tankers. Everyone wants to get out of the way of the tankers. Nobody wants to get run over by a tanker. And then come the Tata trucks, and then come the, the big uh, 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 SUVs, and then come the little Marutis, and then come the scooter wallas, and then the cycle wallas. And last but not least, our pedestrians, the walking, talking human bowling pins that populate <laughs> the highways of India. <laughs> but everyone pulls over for the, for the bull, for the buffalo, the most stubborn beast that, in, that occupies the highways of India is the buffalo. He won't move for any stand there and just look at you. It doesn't matter how loudly you honk the horn and how much you flash your lights and how much you scream and yell and wave things out the window, the buffalo doesn't move until he wants to. Ah, he is the buffalo. He is the Mohishasura. He is the perfect symbol of the stubborn ego. So the one who sits upon the, the desire for union, she rides on a buffalo. And the energy of the rule of the pure rides upon the elephant of universal love. And that means that that, that elephant has love for all ahimsa, practices harm to none. And the energy that pervades all sits upon the bird of brilliant luster, that's Garud. Uh, the, 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 the golden eagle. The energy of the great seer of all rides upon the bull of discipline and the ever pure one is carried by the peacock of beauty. The goddess of wealth sits upon the lotus of peace 
and the goddess beloved of consciousness has a lotus in her hand. Pure white is the form of the goddess, the supreme energy carried by the bull of discipline. The creative energy rides upon the swans of controlled breath. Remember, the humsa is a swan, and the, the humsa becomes so hum. And that's the mantra of pranayama. So, hum. The humsa becomes the so hum, and so the swan, the padama humsa, is the one of pure discrimination, flies up on high, it goes beyond just the pranayam to the supreme discrimination. And she displays all ornaments. That's nice. These are all the mothers, all connected in succession in the path of union, displaying various ornaments and various jewels. They're full of wealth, and they're radiantly beautiful. The goddesses are seen angry and agitated, mounted upon chariots. They're holding all these weapons and say, okay, egos, you want to send your armies to, do, to fight with my disciples? <laughs> Just first you have to deal with me. The concha vibrations. The concha holds all the vibrations of the universe. You even put it up to your ear and it's, it's whistling all the time. Sounds like the ocean. The conchel of vibrations, the discus of revolving time, the club of articulation of mantras. Every time we chant a mantra, we hit another asura over the head. Various forms of energy, the plow, sowing the seeds of the way of truth to wisdom, the pestle of refinement, the shield of method, the javelin of effort, the battle axe of good actions, the net of unity, the spear of concentration, the trident of harmony, the excellent bow of determination. They display these weapons for the purpose of destroying the bodies of the thoughts. The whole army of thoughts is going to attack and they will meet their demise at the hands of the mothers. <coughs> to instill fearlessness in devotees and for the welfare of the gods, they make the shining ones shine. Namaste, Estu Maharodre. We bow to you, O great fierce one, O great one of dreadful prowess, O you of great strength, of great joy, the great destroyer of fear. Protect me, O goddess, difficult to perceive. You who increase the fear in our enemies. May the energy of the rule of the pure protect me in the east, in the southeast, the god who is the light of meditation. In the south, the most excellent desire of union. In the southwest, she who wields the sword of worship. In the west, may the energy of the lord of equilibrium give protection in the northwest. She was carried by the deer of enthusiasm. Also, the, it, it quickly, swiftly, uh, 
swiftly proceeding, dear, the Mrig. And remember the Mrig Mudra, uh, the Kalpatara Mudra, the Mudra that takes the energy from above and transmits it to us below. Mrig Mudra, it's the, the energy which transmits the, the blessing. In the north may the ever pure one protect in the northeast the wielder of the pike of concentration. Above may that creative energy protect me and then below the energy that pervades all. And all ten directions may be protected by the slayer of passion and anger mounted upon the corpse of inner consciousness. In the front may victory protect me and may conquest protect me in the rear. On the left side may stand the undefeated one, and on the right the unconquerable. May the luminous one guard the crown of the head, and may the mother of protective energy safeguard residing on the head. May the one who wears the garland protect in the forehead and in the eyebrows the bearer of welfare, the three-eyed one between the eyebrows and restrain sound in the nose. The bearer of the constant vibration between the eyes, in the ears the dweller at the doors, in the cheeks may the God of time protect and behind the ears the energy that causes peace. We're going through all the places of the body, outside and inside, where the goddesses reside in their various forms. Remember, in the third eye is where the, the eyes and the ears and the nose and the mouth all unite. And that's their constant vibration in that Agnya Chakra, where there's a constant buzzing, the constant vibration. In the cheeks may the goddess of time protect and behind the ears the energy that causes peace. In the nostrils, excellent scent. And on the upper lip, the sweet taste. On the lower lip, a drop of nectar. And in the tongue, the spirit of all knowledge. May the ever pure one protect the teeth and in the throat she who tears apart thought. In the ubala, the one of varied sound and the great measurement of consciousness in the palate. May the goddess who causes love protect the chin. All welfare protect my speech. The excellent remover of darkness, the neck, the wielder of the bow of determination, the back. In the outer neck, the blue-necked one, and in the throat pipe, the goddess of inspired songs. In the shoulders, may the wielder of the sword of worship protect. In the arm, my arms, she who bears the thunderbolt of illumination. May the energy that bears the staff of discipline protect my hands and the mother of the universe, the fingers. May the ruler of the trident of harmony protect the nails and in the abdomen or in the palms, the, the hollowed area of my hands, the ruler of the family. May the great goddess protect my breast, my chest, and she who destroys all sorrow in the mind, in the heart, the desired goddess. I carry her, my desired goddess in my heart all the time. <laughs> and in the stomach, the bearer of the pike of concentration. 
May the goddess of love protect the navel and the private part, the ruler of mystical secrets. May purity of desire protect the genital and she who rides the buffalo of perseverance, the anus. May the great supreme goddess protect the hips in the knees, she who resides in knowledge in the shanks. May the great strength protect the grantor of all desires. In the ankles, the goddess of courageous fortitude. On the top of the feet, she was heat and light. In the toes, may prosperity protect, and in the soles, she who dwells in support. And if you notice on the top of my feet, she who is top, she is heat and light, has left her marks there. Uh -huh. <laughs> oh. We call them uh, the uh, stigmata of Hinduism. <laughs> On the nails, she with great tusks and she with great hairs, the hair and the pores of the skin, the energy of wealth and the skin, the energy that rules vibrations. May the daughter of spiritual discipline protect my blood, marrow, fat. There's still some left flesh, bones, and lymph, the entrails, the dark night of overcoming egotism, and the bile, the crown sovereign. Look at the knowledge that they had. This is written 900 BC. They, had, they knew a lot about human anatomy. <coughs> May the goddess of the lotus of peace protect the lungs, and she with the crest jewel, the phlegm. She with the radiant face, the luster of the navel, nails, and the unbreakable one, all the joints. May the creative energy protect my semen, the goddess with the supreme umbrella, my shadow. May my ego, mind, and intellect be protected by she who supports the way of truth to wisdom, Dharmadharini. May she who holds the thunderbolt of illumination in her hands protect my life, Welfare and five vital breaths, prana, pana, tathabhyana, udanam, chasamanakam, the inhaling breath, the exhaling breath, the diffusing breath, the rising breath, and the samana, equalized breath, where your breath is still. May taste, form, smell, sound, and feeling, may the goddess of union protect, and may knowledge, action, and desire always be pr protected by the exposer of consciousness. <clears throat> May the most excellent desire of union protect life and the energy of that which pervades all, protect the way of truth to wisdom. May welfare, repute, prosperity, wealth, knowledge be protected by she who holds the discus of revolving time. May the energy of the rule of the pure protect my lineage and may she who tears apart thought protect my animals. May the great goddess of true wealth protect my children and the formidable, formidable goddess protect my mate. May the goddess of excellent paths protect my path and the giver of salvation my way. May the great goddess of true wealth protect me at the gate to the royal palace where victory always dwells. 
Oh, God has protected all those places not mentioned in this my armor. Oh, you who conquer and destroy all sin. There's an errors and omissions clause right there in the contract. Seal the deal. For the welfare of his or her own soul. A person should not take one step without this armor. But if he or she always proceeds with the armor, wherever that person goes, there the objectives are accomplished, conquering all desires. Whatever desires one contemplates, he or she attains them without a doubt. A human being becomes equivalent to the supreme sovereign of all. Whatever you desire, either you forget it or you achieve it. One way or the other, you perfect it. No matter what it may be, you either bring it to fruition or fulfillment or forgetfulness. Can you remember what you desired one hour ago? Yeah. Yeah? <laughs> Okay. <laughs> a human being becomes equivalent to the supreme sovereign of all. And that's why she's one with Brahmacharini. Uh, she who moves with God, uh, the goddess of sacred study. Unafraid a mortal conquers is, and is undefeated in any and every encounter. The human who proceeds with this armor becomes worthy of worship in the three worlds. This is the armor of the goddess, which is difficult for even the gods. Whoever will constantly make its recitation at the three times of prayer with faith and self-control, morning, noon, and night, and midnight if you like, will assume the brilliance of the goddess and become unconquerable in the three worlds. His or her life will last a hundred years, and death will be from natural causes. All maladies will be destroyed, even those arising from infectious cuts and interruptions. All types of poisons will be rendered ineffective. All spells, mantras, amulets in existence, or those who move on the earth, or those who move in the air, or those who move in the born in the water, or those counseled by others, or those born by themselves, or born in a family, those wearing a garland, those who feed on flesh, those who feed on vegetables, or those terrible beings of great strength who move in the atmosphere, or spirits of the planets, heavenly nymphs, celestial mistrolls, demons, those proud of their learning, goblins, demons causing disease, terrifying ones, all perish at the sight of one in whose heart resides this armor. You've got this kavach. If you have this armor in your heart, every negative producing entity in the three worlds will flee to a distance from anyone who walks around with the Davy kavach. You already got it. You know why that? Already got it. It's true. His or her respect with superiors will rise and the aura of light will have excellent increase. Welfare will grow and the fame of that person will spread throughout the world. 
First, one should perform this armor, put on this suit of armor, and then recite the 700 verses of the Chandi Pot. So long as the hills and forests of trees last upon this earth, that the descendants of sons and grandsons of that individual will remain. Even for people who have spiritual children, their spiritual descendants will remain. At the end of the earthly body with the blessing of the great measurement, that means Mahamaya, when the great goddess who measures existence and she measures the infinity of consciousness, she gives the blessing that individual will attain the supreme station which is difficult even for the gods to attain. That person will attain the ultimate form of goodness and enjoy perfect bliss. Om. <laughs> wow! Great, Maya. Unbelievable. Om Sam Saraswati Namaha. Namaste. Well, let's see if there are any questions before we proceed. And yes, please, Sadatmananda. I have a few related questions. Okay. So there's the armor protector in the gross body as well as the subtle body. Yes. And, and uh, um, how is does that relate to like uh, how your your uh, marks on your feet are not ulcers right now, which would probably kill you, or like when you're in samadhi and just like your systems just like apparently shut down, or they just stay in like stasis. And also, uh, all maladies will be destroyed. How come I'm sick? And how come, like, Sri Ma's hand? Oh, it, 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 it doesn't mean you'll never get sick. It means when you get sick, you'll get cured immediately or very quickly. It means that when we operate on Sri Ma's hand, I mean, she did get uh, Dupuytren's disease, which is a form of carpal tunnel, and we did have to operate, but she's healing very nicely. She's got this little rubber ball, and she puts it in a bowl of hot water, and she squeezes it, and she's getting to be very, very manipulative. <laughs> you know how those mothers can be. And Mahadev told me that. Mm. It is not therapy, <laughs> Right, she went to the therapist and said, I got a new therapy for you to teach all your patients. <laughs> and they said, where did you get it? She said, Shiva told me, take this ball and squeeze it. I said, I volunteer. She said, no, I want the ball. Uh, and she took the soft ball, a rubber spongy ball, and put it in the bowl of hot water and started squeezing it. And she got a hundred percent improvement in three days. So all maladies will be destroyed. It doesn't mean you'll never get sick. We get sick. There are a number of reasons. Usually it's because of negligence. Sometimes we hang out with sick people and take their cooties. Other times we, uh, we, we abuse our bodies and make them sick or make them infirm. And some people take on the karma of other individuals. And it manifests in such a way as Ramakrishna got cancer. Now, that wasn't really his own fault. He just took 
all the poisons out of the atmosphere and he took all the negativities that were present around him and they manifest in the form of a cancer. It wasn't anything he did wrong and it wasn't the goddess's fault. It was his contribution to creation by taking away the negative karmas that the, so many of us would-be devotees have. So it doesn't mean you'll never get sick. It means when you do get sick, you'll recover very quickly. Do you know the, the one ingredient which was the, the greatest salvation to me is to, was to know how to find my guru. It wasn't to be with him all the time. But know where, he, where I could find him. Nowhere to go when I fall down, because I will fall down. So where do I go to get picked up and brushed off and, and patched up and put back on the path and pushed along the way? This Davy Kawach, when you put it on, is like having the address, the call letters, and the telephone, the direct line to your guru. <laughs> That you could call up every evening, or she'll call you and give this is a wake-up call for my devotees. Would you please get up now and start to pray? Don't don't go back to bed. Do not go under the pillow. Get, get up. Hey, you lazy bums! Get out of bed. Sing the name of God. These, this Devi Kavach is the direct line. And this Chandipat gives you all the call numbers you need, all the telephone numbers. You can fill up your, your iPhone with all the, put them on speed dial. Every one of the direct dialing numbers that you need. You just, every one of those goddesses you have, a direct line, come and protect me today. Mama woke me up and I gotta go to work. <laughs> I'm not going without putting on this suit of armor. So I'm calling all of you goddesses, please come to me and protect me. Don't let me do stupid things. <laughs> Yes, please. We have a question from Nanda in San Jose. Namaste, Nanda Ma. Namaste. What is the need to recite a kavaj three times a day? Is there a duration for the effectiveness of the mantra? No, we would love to do three sandhyas every day of everything. Chant the whole chandi three times a day, unless you're going to do it three times in one asan. Then, then you could do it once a day, and that'll be enough. Do the puja one, once a day, and do the chandi pot once a day. And the idea is chandi patam diva ratra purya. And also Shandha, the Shandha has a meaning, you know, yoga, time being yoga, this uh, pure yoga, time when you decide that, you need to practice. There's a great meaning, Sandhi means uh, the union, uh, to, to unite, and Sandhya is the three Sandhyas, the union between night and day, which we call dawn. 
and the union between morning and afternoon, which we call midday, and the union between day and night, which we call dusk. And then the union between night and day, which we call midnight. And there are four sandhyas for Sri Vidya meditators. There's three sandhyas for normal people. And if you worship at the three times of prayer, morning, noon, and night, that's a good start. Then you get on the Sri Vidya kick and you get up in the middle of the night and do it again. But it, it, the ideal is to make the goddess the sum and substance of our lives. And so we want to worship all through the day. Not just at the altar, but wherever you are, whatever you're doing, stop! And put on the gavach. And remember the goddess is with you. And remember that you are full of bliss. <laughs> wherever you go, that person will attain the ultimate form of goodness and enjoy perfect bliss. Good thing to do. Lunchtime. Remember Dad Bangladesh doctor? Yes. Why? Oh, something. Right. Ma and I went to visit one doctor in Bangladesh. Uh, we had one patient with us and we walked into the waiting room and said we've brought a patient and we uh, want to see the doctor. We have an appointment. And the nurse said, uh, all these people are wanting to see the doctor and they all have the same appointment. <laughs> Take a seat. So we sat down in the waiting room which was just filled to bursting capacity, overflowing with people standing outside in the hall and all of a sudden we see the door to the inner chamber open and the doctor comes walking out, walks right through all the people, walks down the hall and goes into another room, closes the door. And this many people are waiting to see the doctor and he just gets up and walks out? I mean, how long do you think I'm going to sit here waiting to see this doctor? She said, you'll sit there as long as you want to wait. <laughs> and when you don't want to wait anymore, you'll get up and leave. But it's the time for the doctor's prayer. And he does not miss his prayer. So he got up and went to pray. And then I said, well, I think that's the kind of doctor I want to have. <laughs> that's a good doctor. He, he's going to say a prayer before he cuts open my patient. I want to have that doctor. <laughs> He's going to stop and make himself calm and make himself centered and make himself focused and make himself efficient before he draws the dotted line upon which he's going to cut. That's the doctor for me. So we waited. And we waited. And we waited. Mom went out and got a lunch. And we waited. We have a question from Sharanya and Walnut Creek. Namaste, Sharanya Ma. Namaste. In verse 50, it mentions the beings of terrible strength who move in the atmosphere. Are they some form of subtle beings? Yeah! <laughs> there are so many various subtle beings that move in the atmosphere and they come to you. They come to all of us in their subtle body and they manifest in our thoughts. 
And you can't even imagine where did that thought come from? <laughs> Whoa! How did I ever entertain a thought like that? And you see it manifest in thought. And it, I know it didn't, I'm not the author of that thought. It must have come from someplace else, but how did it get in here? I'm sure all of us have experienced movies that we don't recognize. Ooh, like, I'm gonna wring that girl's neck! <laughs> Wait a minute, that's my wife! I don't know if I'm gonna wring her neck! I, I mean, I'm supposed to love her! With all the, I'm, I, where did that thought come from? <laughs> certainly isn't my idea. Where did I get that idea? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> One of these days, Alice, to the moon! <laughs> to the moon! <laughs> so, Sharanya, those are those demonic negativities that are flying in the air, floating through the atmosphere, looking for some poor soul to attack. Yes, are they please. different than our asuras, or are they connected? Oh, they're all connected, please. There are asuras, and there are danavas, and there are daityas, and there are various forms of yakshas and kinas, and there are so many different levels of intensity, of the capacity of negativity to grab a hold of us. We lump them all together in one category, thoughts. Everything I don't want to think about. <laughs> All the stuff that's in my mind that fills my chip and fills me up and I don't know where it came from but suddenly it's got a hold of me and I'm helpless but to respond to it. And I don't really want to wring your neck. Yeah, you got a really nice neck. I like it just where it is. It's attached to your shoulders and keeps your head on. You're, you're such a nice person. I don't really want to ring your Where did that idea come from? Certainly wasn't mine. Now, you want to say that's an Asherah or a Dutya or a Donovan or a... I don't care what you call it. I want to call it some negative thought that I want to get rid of. And the thoughts are so strong, they've got the boom from Brahma himself said, you guy, you thoughts are so strong, nobody will able to eradicate you except the energy which tears apart thought. <clears throat> Only the Divine Mother, the Supreme Goddess in the form of Srima, in the form of the energy that tears apart thought, Chandi can tear apart the duality and cut down the negativities. She is the energy in all and everything, and if she wants, she can give energy to the thought. 
<laughs> and if she wants, she can take the energy away from the thought and give it to the gods and fill us with eternal bliss. And there we are, helpless but to respond to whatever she gives energy to. So all we can do as good children, as good devotees, as aspiring sadhus, all we can do is pray, Mom, please be compassionate. Take the energy away from the thoughts and give it to the gods and let illumination prevail. And that's the story of the Chandi. <clears throat> Right there in one paragraph, we only have the capacity to pray, Ma, give the, all that energy to the, the illumination of the shining ones. Need a good point? <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. What about the lion? The lion also like tears apart thoughts. Pretty good. Oh yeah, very good, very good. Everything associated with the goddess is on the good side. They're all on the team of positivity. And the lion is Dharma and she rides on the lion. He's the king of beasts and I am the biggest beast. This ego I, I want to surrender to the lion, to the Dharma, to the ideal of perfection as quickly and efficiently as possible. Yes, please. Why would she want to give energy to the thoughts? Well, sometimes we are thinking about me and mine and I. So we are really the ones who are taking her energy and abusing it. We are taking that energy and we're forgetting all about her and thinking about, well, maybe I'll do something that's fun. Maybe I'll go out and do something that's cool. Maybe I'll get into trouble. Maybe I'll do something. And we'll forget that mom is there and we get to be with her if we choose. And we think about, well, I don't want to be with her tonight. I think I'm going to go out and have some fun instead. I'm going on a date. I'm going to have a date to, the, to, a, to a party, to, to play, to do something different from being with Mother. Everybody has experienced that. Uh-oh, they did not, Mother. These are all pure devotees. They never experienced that. Uh-oh. Well, some of them do. Yes, please. We have a question from Kyle in Los Angeles. Namaste, Kyle. Namaste, Samantha. Namaste. Does a sadhak ever reach a level, level where putting on the kavach happens at an intentional level? Intentional. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, it's intentional. I picked up this book intentionally. <laughs> I opened it to page 56 intentionally. I had the intention to put on the kavach. And intentionally, I recited every line of every verse of every page. Yes, you, it does happen intentionally. In fact, it rarely happens unintentionally. <laughs> unintentionally, I'll say, gee, I think I'm going to find a pretty girl and get married. <laughs> and that's fun, too. We have a question from Chandana in Antap, Turkey. Namaste, Chandana. Please share light and blessings all through Turkey. Don't eat too much turkey, but <laughs> give blessings. Do the nine Dorgas mentioned in the beginning of the Kavach represent the evolution of, or, uh, 
or, or spiritual growth in the seeker from inspiration to perfection? Yep! <laughs> they do without a doubt. They are united in succession. This is the path. You take an inspiration, you cultivate the knowledge. You take the knowledge and practice it. You take the practice and refine it. You take the refinement of the practice and become really good. Excellent. You take that excellence in operation, in action, and you overcome the darkness of duality, the darkness of ignorance, the ego that says, I am doing it. And action is just taking place. You ever sit in an office watching the clock, <laughs> waiting for the time to be done? <laughs> Some of you have, maybe. And other times you get so engrossed in your project, in what you're doing, that you don't even notice the clock is on the wall. You don't even notice that everyone else is going home. And there you are still working on your project. Now, if we want to be a bunch of clock watchers, then we, 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 we forget to put on the kavach. And we don't do it intentionally. <clears throat> As an intention, we put on the kavach and we get submerged into the action that we're performing and thereby achieve siddhi, perfection. We have a question from Dr. Deb in Oklahoma. Namaste, Darmdarini. <laughs> Namaste, Swamiji. Are you saying that we're not responsible for our own negative thoughts, that they're coming from asuras, from demons? Well, the demons may be within us, <laughs> or they may be outside of us. I'm not saying we're not responsible. They're our asuras as soon as they live here. If they attack me, Dr. Deb, if they attack me, then they're mine. I got to deal with them whether I want to or not. Whether I invited them, whether I did the, I'll show them all the mudras, hey, Mr. Ashura, come here and live here. No, they're my problems, whether I like it or not. So they are inside me, they are outside me. Some of the thoughts that come to me come from outside. Some of the thoughts that come to me come from inside. Some of them put the two together and I make my own craziness. Make a friction. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Yes, please. We have a question from Srini in Bangalore. Namaste, Mr. Srini Baba. In verse 55, what is the station that is difficult for the gods to attain? The station that is difficult for the gods to attain is the Devi Mandir. <laughs> I mean, you really have to be invited to come to the Devi Mandir. There's a, some, some divine mother is going to sit there and say, I'm calling you and establishing you. Please come here. You can't get in without an invitation. Remember, that's why we made the website, so we could screen who wants to come here. <laughs> yeah, if you have enough patience to get through one of Swami's weddings, then you can probably make it all the way through life. If you have enough patience to read the whole website, then you can probably get in the gate of the Devi Mandir. <laughs> 
in the same way, what's the station from which, for which the gods have difficulty of attainment? The state of pure devotion. The state, the state of where pure devotees are worshiping with pure devotion in utmost sincerity, Srini. This is the supreme sta station which is difficult even for the gods. We have a question from Moshimi in Boulder. Namaste Moshimi Ma! Pranam, if somebody interrupts my chanting of the Kavach during noon while at, at the office, should I start from the beginning again? If I continue from the page where I was broken, can I get the same level of protection? Will the goddess be considered considerate about workplace constraints? Moshimi, it depends on your circumstances. If you only have a 20-minute lunch and it's going to take you 15 minutes to recite the Kavach, then keep going from where you were disturbed. But if you have the time and you have the capacity, we call that a chink in the armor. There's a little futa. Let's go back to the beginning and start all over again. It'll only take you a few minutes extra, and if you get a chink in the armor, if you get a little hole, you don't want any holes in your armor, you want it to be full, complete, and perfect so that no energetic opposition can permeate your armor. No negativity, because they will search, where is the hole in the armor? <laughs> ah, I see, Mushumi has a little hole in her armor. I'm going to go enter in that place. <laughs> So in order to be sure, 100%, we are going to seal all the holes in the armor. Now, if you don't have enough time, you don't have enough time. Mom, you'll have to excuse me. I'm going to do what I can do with the time and the energy and the situation that you've created for me ad nauseum. And if you do have the time, Mom, I'm going back. I, I'm not going to pay attention to anybody's distraction. I don't want to have a hole in my armor. Yes, please. So, you said that this is a nyasa. Correct? Yes. So, when you're chanting this as a nyasa, it seems it's kind of like you're establishing mantras in a yantra? So no, well, you're, estab you're establishing the yantra in your body yeah. and the mantra on the yantra and the devata on the, on the mantra. So this doesn't make you a yantra? It makes you a yantra. Okay. You are a yantra. All of these nyasas make you into a yantra. You are a walking, talking, uh, two-gun shooting. <laughs> you are a yantra. You are a tool in the hands of the Divine Mother. And that's what a yantra is, is a tool. A tool of understanding, a tool of compassion, a tool of performing the work of God. She is the, I am the tool, she is the craftsman. Make yourself into a yantra and establish the goddesses all throughout your body. And establish the mantras on the yantra and the devatas are with the mantras. <clears throat> and that's how it works, as a yes. That's why it's a kavach. It's a, it's a perfect establishment of the mantras in the body. And it protects us. That's the, how it works. We have a question from Koshiki in Canada. Namaste, Koshiki Ma! Namaste. 
Wouldn't it be better to concentrate on the light and the positive thoughts instead of the elimination of darkness and the negative thoughts? Yep. <laughs> it is much better. However, if you can't just switch on the light, if you don't have that switch in your hand, then be content with small gains and take baby steps. And the first step is, well, I got an inspiration. Now I'm going to chase away all the darkness. And the second is I've got an illumination. I'm going to study and learn and practice and cultivate refinement until I become good at what I want to do. So it, obviously it's best to stay in the light. But if you can't just stay in the light, then envision the the illumination of all darkness. Watch that happen. Yes, please. Sometimes I feel I have just zero devotion. Now, is this just an asara finding that chink in my chain? Absolutely. <laughs> That's not you. What's the essence of your being? Sadhana Shakti. <laughs> the essence of your being. You are named after the essence of your being, the energy of, of pure discipline. And that's your devotion. That's your intrinsic nature. So when you feel lethargic and, oh, poor me, I don't think I want to chant a mantra today and I'd rather watch TV, or I think it's time to pop a cold one and, and kick back with, oh, wait a minute, that's not you. That's the Ashura who found a little hole in the armor and said, oh, there's a likely suspect. She's vulnerable. I'll make her forget her own name. Just see how strong I am. She will forget who she is. Well, a lot of time that happens when I'm chanting and looking at the goddesses, like Ma said, like I'm stoned. That's kind of how I feel. I just can't get that energy. And other times you are so invigorated, you levitate, you rise off your asana and, re and reach to the highest level of the goddesses so you can look them straight in the eye. And once you've done it once, you know what is the quality of good meditation. What is the quality, what is the characteristic, what are the attributes of, of pure devotion? And then you will not accept mediocrity as a way of life. You won't accept mediocrity. You'll sit in the asan with your back straight in a state of attention and fill yourself full of devotion. You know you can do it. So every time you find that you're not doing it, you know it's a chink in the armor. Some Ashura just got in there. It was a little tiny hole. He found it. They'll find it. They're clever little demons, those Ashuras. I want you to know, if you've got a hole anywhere in your armor, they're going to find it and they'll attack in that place. And they'll attack in that space and in that mind and that, and they'll say, oh, poor me. I've got so many more mantras to recite, and I can't even get through this one. <laughs> oh, I can't.
can't go and I can't stay. I can't stand it anymore. Where do I go? Maybe I'm confused. That's it. I'll be confused. And then I can't. I, well, I, of course I can get up from my asan if I'm confused. <laughs> I mean, that's license to do anything. Now forget about this dharma business. Who needs it anyway? What? This is torture. This is real tapasya. <laughs> I gotta sit here and watch my thoughts for the next half hour? I can't stand it for the next three minutes. Sorry. You're not alone. Obviously, some others of us have been there. We have a related question from Sharanya. Oh, shucks. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes it feels like these really negative thoughts have a lot of energy and get more powerful and more persistent before they subside. Can the, can the Kavach help with this process of getting the thoughts to decrease? Absolutely. She is, we're taking the energy away from the thoughts, we're putting, giving it to the goddess, we're putting it through our body, we're covering ourselves with this protective uh, armor where no thoughts can permeate our armor and then we are whole and protected and energized and we put this, the, the beach mantras of the Chandi from every chapter into our being and then we covered it all up with this suit of armor. No one can permeate my armor. I just looked and I don't have any holes at all. No chink in the armor. Okay, we're removing and all the negative energy from the thoughts and we're giving it to the gods. And that's why that person attains the ultimate form of the goddess <clears throat> and enjoys perfect <clears throat> bliss. <clears throat> Om Sam Saraswati Namaha.